Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 243, and we're talking about Spain, specifically Toledo, Madrid, La Mancha, and Segovia. I want to uh, subtitle this podcast, What I Did on My Holidays. Yes, it does sound suspiciously like what we did on our holidays, because it is exactly what we did on our holidays. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Uh, When I said to some friends and some family members that we were going to have a holiday, they were like, but you're always on holiday. And We're never on holiday. (laughs) Never, ever. We travel a lot, and it's wonderful, but... Well, we were away on holiday, and look, here we are producing high-quality content for you guys to listen to, and I've made four videos. So yeah, no, even that, which was a holiday, wasn't much of a holiday. Yeah, It was an awesome holiday, but we were working. (laughs) This week, we were lucky enough to have a couple of Indie Travel Podcast listeners come up and visit us and stay with us for a couple of days. Yeah, it was awesome. We got to meet Dean and Amanda from Canada. And they told us all about their awesome trip in Iceland and also their experience at the Camino de Santiago. Yeah, and they are, well, they've got like another five to seven months still to go of their trip going through Europe and then down to Asia, and it just sounds really exciting. So good luck, guys. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I really shouldn't get jealous of other people's travels. It is not polite, to put it lightly. (laughs) (laughs) But I do. Yeah. Well, we also said goodbye to uh, Griffin and Valerie, who have been living next door to us for the last month. They are uh, starting a three-month train trip across Europe. Uh, got a URL Global Pass and uh, just going wherever they want. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It was really sad to say goodbye to them because they've been good neighbours for the last month. I can't believe it. They've been here for about... They'd been, well, they had been here for about five weeks, and now they're gone. The apartment's since empty. <laughs> But we got the most important thing out of them, which was a copy of the... No, not the juicer. (laughs) The copy of the Monopoly deal card game they had shipped over from the States for us. It was very sweet of them. (laughs) Not only did they give us a present, they also gave us all sorts of stuff from their fridge. So now we've got lots and lots of uh, flan. (laughs) (laughs) Our pantry has never been so full. It's awesome. Um, The sun's also come out, so we've got this uh, northern Spanish summer at long last after months of of greyness and drizzle. Craig has a light tan. It's very exciting. Yeah, yeah, very much. And uh, there was also a medieval festival on over the uh, the weekend. I think it continues until today today or tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yes, there's some photos of that up on facebook.com slash indie travel. Acarina is absolutely awesome. There's always something happening. Even if it is grey and drizzly most of the time, there's always something cool going on. So it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. As you know, we're all about independent travel, but sometimes it just makes sense to do a tour. And uh, what we do quite often in cities is do an Urban Adventures Day Tour. Uh, you can look at these at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash tours. And if you see something you like uh, in a city that you're going to, you can use the coupon code IndieTravel, I-N-D-I-E, travel, and uh, get 15% off anything you want to book. Yeah, it's a definitely good idea. Yeah. Well, on to our trip now, Um, and if you're looking at going to Spain, uh, these are some very popular cities. I think the only major tourist centre that we missed out of this trip is Barcelona. Yes, probably. Well, no, I mean, Spain is wonderful in that there are lots and lots of really cool cities to visit. There's Barcelona, Valencia, Seville, um, Bilbao, Pamplona, well... 
there are there are dozens of cool cities to visit in Spain. We visited four of the top, well, 15, which were Madrid, Segovia, Toledo, and Aranjuez. That's right. And uh, we also spent a, a day touring around La Mancha as well, which is uh, the region made famous by the, uh, the novel Don Quixote. Yes, and it was really cool. We visited all sorts of little towns, saw the Molinos, which are the windmills up on the hills, and uh, visited a couple of castles. We were lucky enough to be able to do this with friends of ours, uh, staying in one of their holiday homes just outside of Toledo, and so that made it a real, I don't know, a really different travel experience for us. Yeah, it was something that we'd never done before. We don't we don't often travel with people. We do when we're back home in New Zealand. We'll go away for a weekend somewhere. That's quite normal. But this was a bit different because we were traveling, we were sightseeing, and we we're hanging out with locals. And it was it was a bit different. I mean, they have a different style of travel to us. But uh, yeah, it was fun. I think if you were traveling independently and you didn't happen to have three really good friends who are willing to drive you around and organize everything for you, the best plan would be to base yourself in Madrid because from there, there's really good train networks to uh, Toledo, Aranjuez, and to Segovia as well. Um, The train system in Spain isn't particularly cheap, so you might want to consider the bus as well. Yeah, we were looking at pricing uh, on the buses and on the trains uh, to get down to Lyon, where we were meeting uh, the person with the car, (laughs) (laughs) then did all the driving for the rest of the trip. But uh, yeah, it was from from here in Acarunia, it was pretty touch and go, but the buses were definitely cheaper. Mm -hmm. More time, but definitely cheaper. Well, some of the, the buses, I was looking to bus versus train recently, and sometimes the buses are actually faster and more comfortable than the train. So it's definitely worth researching the particular route that you want to do, whether you choose the train or the bus. Well, instead of uh, talking about it day by day, you can go and see the travel diary if you want to uh, have a look at that. What we'll do is break this up by place. So we'll start with the two biggest cities and then, I guess, drop down to the the absolutely stunningly beautiful but, but less popular towns. Well, let's start with Madrid. It's the biggest city and the capital of the country, so I think it's a logical place to start. Absolutely. Uh, We spent two days there, and we did uh, a lot of sightseeing. The thing to remember about Madrid is in summer, it's roasting hot. It's stifling. And in winter, it's freezing cold. (laughs) So, in fact, the shoulder seasons are a really good time to travel there. Definitely. Um, Yeah, a lot of Madrileños flee the city in summer to escape and get away. But recently the city has been trying to keep people there. there. <laughs> and they've been putting on all sorts of concerts and events during summer. So if you are there in summer, there's all sorts of things to do. Mm. Um, as well as melt. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. Was, it, it was in the high 30s or low 40 degrees Celsius each day. And, um, yeah, humid as well. So you really felt it. If you are there during summer, I highly recommend you don't plan to do too much and plan lots of stops. Mm. When we were wandering around, we made sure to have lots of water and uh, <clears throat> sangria with us. <laughs> Our friend Maori had a really good recipe. We'd make the sangria the night before and then freeze it, and then it would slowly defrost and kind of shake it up, and it would be kind of sangria slushy. It was absolutely brilliant. It was indeed. Uh, well, what was your uh, your highlight of our days in Madrid? I think I just loved wandering around. The architecture is so stunning that you just walk down the street and look up and it's just really, really amazing. Mm. 
So seeing all the, the big buildings like the Bibliothèque Nationale, the town hall, yeah, everything it was amazing. One thing I really liked about the, the town hall, the Ayuntamiento, is that in the afternoons it's open for anyone to go in. You kind of go through security and up some stairs. And uh, then they've got this almost library-like cafe where they've got magazines. It's not a cafe. And, you can't buy anything. Oh, there's a cafe just <clears throat> just through the door. Oh, okay. But it's, um, yeah, it's just this space. Yeah, it's got Wi-Fi, couches, there's newspapers and magazines to read. And, yeah, it's something I don't think a lot of travelers know about. But you can just go and, and chill out in there and escape the heat for a little bit which is excellent. Yeah, that's what we did after we discovered that the Prado is free to enter after 6pm. Yeah. We got there at quarter to five and we're like, well, we're not going to pay 12 euros to go in for an hour and then it's free. So we thought we'd go and um, go back to the Ayuntamiento because you can go up and an elevator to the, I think it's about the eighth floor and get a really good view of the city. And uh, they give out free tickets, but you need to, you know, there's a limited number of tickets, so you need to kind of go and get your ticket and uh, wait for your time slot. So we went back to do that. We did it, and then we still had 45 minutes before the Prado was going to open. So we enjoyed it in wonderful air-conditioned bliss. <laughs> it was glorious. Smooth. Now, the Prado is a fine arts museum, and it has... Well, it's huge. Mm-hmm. We spent two hours in there, and uh, I think we could have easily spent another hour to two hours just to have a casual glance at everything in the collection. We basically ran through the entire <laughs> museum. Being chased by security guards. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And I recommend if you're going to be in Madrid that you you plan your afternoons to be at the Prado. So go two or three times. Of course, you can pay the 12 euros and go in for the entire day, which is good. But personally, I can't spend more than three hours in a museum anyway. So if you got six, you've got until eight o'clock to enjoy the museum. Of course, there are hordes of other tourists we, after being in the Ayuntamiento, came back at just on six and the line stretched all the way down the block. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah, it was like, oh my goodness, there's no way we're going to get in. But once they hadn't opened the doors at that point, and once they opened them, everyone just flowed straight through. They'd already printed off the tickets, they were just handing them out, there was no checks or anything. So um, don't worry if you see a really long line, you'll be in within 15 minutes. Another thing on that side of town is uh, Park Retiro, which is a massive park. Yeah, uh, it's known it, as the Lungs of Madrid. Yeah, on that big green space. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's lakes and, uh, and park areas and also recreational areas where you can uh, do sports. We saw people uh, playing, well, playing, um, practicing martial arts uh-huh. with medieval swords and <laughs> things like that. Yeah, and lots of people on bikes and rollerblading. Uh, there were playgrounds for kids and exercise areas. It was, it was really cool. It's also got lots of nice, cool, shady areas mm. where you can uh, lie down <laughs> and chill out uh, for a bit of a siesta uh, in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's kind of the, I guess you'd say the central east side of town has these things. There's a lot more galleries and museums around there. And, uh, yeah, just lots of beautiful beautiful buildings, beautiful architecture and and public spaces and plazas and things like that. Yeah, we didn't really do all that much in Madrid. It was, we only had two days. We spent a lot of time wandering around checking out the architecture and taking photos and being touristy. But one thing I really liked was the uh, Templo de Debod, which is the Debod Temple, which was given to Spain by Egypt after Spain helped Egypt build a dam. 
and it saved hundreds of lives in Rara. And it's really cool. Yeah, so it's you know, you're in the middle of uh, of Madrid, that's busy city, and uh, yeah, you go up onto this platform, and there is a moat which surrounds an Egyptian temple. Yeah, and uh, yeah, <laughs> it's really something, and that's in kind of the central western side of the city, which is also where the royal complexes are. Uh, so there's big palaces, big cathedrals, and even more amazing museums. Yeah, and there's so much to see. I think you really need to have a look at a top ten list and choose your top three and just just go from there. One thing we would recommend is um, Oliva had discovered a nice place to have lunch. Generally, Madrid is more expensive than the rest of Spain. Not much, but a little bit more. Definitely more expensive than Acarina. And the menu del dias tend to be around 15 euros. But there's one place where it's around nine euros, which is the Museo del Jamón, uh, the the ham museum. The museum, yeah. <laughs> it's not actually a museum; it's a restaurant and a. Like it's, a it's a chain. There's half a dozen of them. Yeah. Um, but one of them's right in uh, the Plaza Mayor, the the main plaza, and for an extra. 30 cents. 20, 30, 30 euro cents per person. Yeah, so it goes up from 8.60 to 8.90. You could sit outside on the terrace and have a, a three-course meal, a bottle of wine, and, yeah, just enjoy the main plaza. Yeah, and the food is really nice as well. The first time we went, we went to a different branch, and I think the food was slightly nicer. But uh, when we did it in the, in the Plaza Mayor, it was brilliant. Yeah. It was hot. Guillaume wasn't too happy. He's not the biggest fan of heat. But uh, we had those little sprinklers that kind of vaporize water, and that was really nice. Yeah, it was a good budget option for uh, for a big lunch in Madrid, which yeah. is great. Plaza Mayor, I couldn't believe the amount of tacky crap that was there. Um, not so much crap, people. People oh, yeah. dressed up in really terrible outfits. <laughs> there was a woman dressed up in a mishmash of Spanish outfits, you know, like a <laughs> skirt and like an Easter headdress and apparently she was South American and not Spanish at all. <laughs> and there was a guy dressed up as Superman. And, yep. but what really, and there was Fat Spider-Man. Ah, yeah, Fat Spider-Man, <laughs> yeah. And there were these people dressed up in like these weird, clattery, I don't know, I don't even know how to explain it. No, it's like a shiny either. outfit and they use their hands to make the, the mouth clay. I don't know. But what like really surprised me... What really surprised me was that people were having their photos taken with these people and paying for it, which is how these people make money and good on them for, you know, finding a job in the recession. But it's yeah. cheesy and tacky and icky and bad. <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely crazy. Well, shall we move on from Madrid and talk a little bit about Toledo? I love Toledo. Toledo is beautiful and wonderful and amazing. Great. Well, shall we move on then? And- <laughs> <laughs> Toledo did absolutely take my breath away. We first caught sight of it after dark when we were driving uh, past it to <laughs> get to where we were staying. And uh, out of the, the darkness of the surrounding countryside, there was this uh, kind of lit up little bubble of township, quite small, quite compact. And then rising out of that was this amazing cathedral, which was all lit up, and a big uh, kind of square-shaped castle beside it, um, just kind of shining up there on the hill. Mm -hmm. And it was quite breathtaking. And then we went uh, 
and had a, a quick drive around some of the old part of the wall. And to get back on the motorway, we went by this medieval bridge, which was lit up as well and mirrored in the river below it. So it was, yeah, quite a stunning light show just to drive around it at night. It was magic. It was magic. We um, really enjoyed our time in Toledo. We had two days there as well, and I think we could have had another four or five and still not seen it all. Mm. It's quite a small city, uh, set on a hill, so you're walking around a lot and you're kind of going up and down a bit. But uh, it's very, I don't know, it's all made out of brick, and it's so, I don't know, it's got a really nice atmosphere to it. It does. It's a, it's a nice merging for me of the the moorish like the north african muslims that were in spain and the the christian medieval architecture kind of coming together um some of the arches are your traditional european kind of rounded arch and then other ones are your more kind of turkish middle eastern kind of cut out symmetrical designs and and having those two side by side Well, sometimes in the case of the doorway, it was kind of rounded, Arabic, rounded, like all all together. So the wall ended up being a a meter or two thick Mm because there were three gates. Um, Why have one when you can have three? Yeah, all right next to each other. And also a really big um, Jewish heritage as well. Mm. So there were these three sets of religious architecture all coming together in the same place. We actually visited buildings from each of the religions. So we visited the cathedral, we visited a synagogue, not the most pretty synagogue, but pretty cool synagogue still, and a mosque as well. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. The Well, do you want to talk about the cathedral first? Yeah, we visited on a Sunday and on a Tuesday, and I think those were really good days to visit because um, on a Sunday, some things are free, and on a Tuesday is Toledo's market day, which is, you know, quite cool. There's lots of people around, it adds to the atmosphere. Um, so on Sunday, we visited the cathedral, which is free if you're a Spanish resident. And I am a Spanish resident, but it took a bit of convincing because I still hadn't got my residency card. I have now. I'm very happy about this. <laughs> um, and it's it's just stunning. You you walk in, it's got these really, really huge ceilings, you know, those big pillars reaching to the top and um, beautiful gold work and stained glass. I don't know. How do I explain it? It's amazing. <laughs> well, is it worth... It, it costs, what, eight euros for eight euros. non-Spanish residents? Would you say it's worth paying that? No. If you can get in for, um, for free, then do it. But if you can't, you can actually go around the other side and go into the um, into the chapel area, and you can see a lot of the church from there. So go in and, and pray, I don't know, just and just have a quick look. You can't take photos from that area, so... If you want to take photos, then you will have to pay. But if you just want to get an idea of what it looks like, then that's the Scotsman's tour. Yeah, and I guess that gives you a chance to decide if it's something you want to explore further. Yeah, if you want to see things up close and personal, then you will have to pay. And that's, I mean, eight euros, it's not too bad. But if you just want to see, you know, get the impression, just go in the back and uh, and you'll be fine. Mm. We also went to the Transito Synagogue, which is... Um, a synagogue, but also a museum. So I can't remember how much that cost. I've got a feeling it was, three it was about three or four euros mm-hmm. per person. Um, and you, you enter into a large hall and then kind of follow through several rooms and two outdoor spaces, which all have um, artifacts either from the medieval period of uh, Toledo 
uh, and some other stuff around the world and things that belong to certain families and kind of tracked through a couple of generations and yeah so it's i think that was a really nice place it felt very very calm and very peaceful compared Mm -hmm. with some of the streets outside and uh some of the other galleries and yeah i just i i really like that and would say that's definitely worthwhile to Mm -hmm. to go in and see some of the artwork close up and some of these cool medieval bits and pieces there's also another synagogue that you can visit, and I think the other one is the one that has like the beautiful pictures all over the internet. Um, it costs two fifty to enter, and we didn't go in. We decided that one was enough for the day, <laughs> but we did go and visit the Cristo de la Luz Mosque. Now, Cristo de la Luz means Christ of the Light, which isn't a traditional name for a mosque. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's because it was a mosque for a couple of hundred years, and then it was taken over by the Christians when the uh, the Muslims were kicked out. Yeah, now the mosque is about a thousand years old and was actually completely buried and then kind of rediscovered. And if you go down another meter or two meters below where it is, there's a a Roman road that's over 2,000 years old. So even though uh, the entire city is built on a hill, (laughs) <laughs> I really kind of got the impression that maybe the hill was rather small <laughs> when the city first started. Is uh, it's kind of been been built up and layer upon layer of uh, of city has yeah. been plastered on the top. What's Toledo built on? Toledo. <laughs> uh, from there, you had a really good view of the Puerta del Sol, which is one of the main gates into the city, and uh, across to the the city walls and, and the Puerta del Sagrado as well. Yeah. And so, uh, and yeah, just um, it kind of reminded me a little bit of going into the uh, Hagia Sophia mm-hmm. in Istanbul. Uh, it was the Hagia Sophia. Much, 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 much smaller scale. Much, much, much smaller, yeah. Um, <laughs> but the Hagia Sophia was a church that got turned into a mosque. And here we have a mosque that's been turned into a church. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting seeing how uh, the religious kind of ceremonies and things like that that went with it have been changed and adopted and integrated. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, really, really interesting place to go, worthwhile. One other thing we did, which I would highly recommend, was we went across the river to the Paradol Hotel. Now, we had a car, so that really helped. It would be a bit of a walk. (laughs) Sure would. Trying to do it yourself a good 45 minutes, I'd say. Oh, longer every hour but I think there's a bus that can take you most of the way out there there's a bus that takes you to the hospital and from there it would be about a 10 minute walk mm. to the Parador and um, obviously a Parador is one of those really 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 expensive hotels so we don't recommend you stay there because it would kind of destroy your entire budget but you can have a drink on the terrace with really incredible views of the city because it's across the river and up on the hill again you've just got an unrivaled view it's amazing. The drinks are more expensive than usual, but it's worth it. Yeah, and they're not extortionate. Either. No, I think we paid two euros for a coffee instead they're, of one fifty. They're, they're five star hotel pricing. Yeah, not uh, not extortionist rip off pricing. No, no, it was fine, and we spent an hour or two there, and they have Wi Fi, which was nice, mm-hmm. and uh, just enjoyed the the shade and enjoyed the views. Yeah, it was really lovely. Uh, one thing that. I really enjoyed was going into the military museum in Toledo. Mm-hmm. And I think if you 
like me, you enjoy reading uh, fantasy novels, you'll really enjoy Toledo from the point of view that uh, it's traditionally been a big steel foundry, so there's lots of, I guess, weaponry. Uh, There's lots of medieval-style swords and replicas and, and armory and stuff like that. And there's also this amazing military museum, which is the Spanish Military Museum, but also has influences from everywhere that Spain went, uh, through the Middle East, the Pacific Islands, into Asia. And, yeah, it was, it was fascinating and helps you figure out what on earth some of these fantasy authors are writing about when they're doing detailed descriptions of, of forts or weaponry or <laughs> armour or things like that. They've like, probably been oh, to the military museum and Toledo. That's <laughs> what they're talking about. And so from a, a geek travel point of view, I'd say Toledo's a must for uh, for fans of of fantasy writing. Yeah, no, I'm not a big fan of, of war. In fact, I hate it <laughs> a lot. But I still found this museum quite interesting. Plus, it was free on Sundays. You could see the, the remains of the building as you come in the entrance, which is really cool. Yeah, it was uh, a military fort, and then uh, was kind of the military command centre, and some of it, well, the entire thing was taken over in a siege, and so, so they've kept some of those original uh, bits of bits of wall and parts of the building so you can see the the bullet and cannonade holes like ripping through these interior walls which is kind of crazy kind of crazy but yeah interesting being a a museum inside a building which is also partly an exhibit yes so yeah toledo is fantastic really beautiful probably the most beautiful city we've been in in spain Mm -hmm. um with maybe Seville being close to close to competing with that, but I think, I think Toledo is more picturesque. It's more compact, and and that makes it more picturesque. Yeah, of course, there's a lot more things to do. We didn't visit the Alcazar, which is the palace complex, and that's something else that you could do, and all sorts of other buildings and um, museums. You can see Al Greco's painting, all sorts of things. Well, we've really burnt through our time. Um, if you want to read about the the towns we went to through the region of La Mancha, then uh, make sure you check out the travel diary from uh, from these weeks. We'll link to that in the show notes. Let's jump straight down to talking about Aranjuez. Aranjuez was really cool. We were not sure whether we were going to go or not because it was going to cost, I think, 10 euros to get into the, the palace. It was um, a royal palace, and we weren't quite sure whether we... We had the budget for it, and there were five of us, you know, and it all adds up. We decided to go anyway, and I think it was a really good idea. The city itself is a little bit boring. There's a bull ring, but the city, it's nothing to write home about. However, there are lots and lots of really cool, beautiful manicured gardens. It would be nice if they had water in the fountains, but the statues in the middle of the fountains were really cool. One of the most famous is the statue of the boy with thorn, which is a bronze statue in the middle of one of the fountains in which which garden was it? Was it the? Um... I can't remember. There's the the entire city is a UNESCO World Heritage Site, and it was the home of the royal family for a very very long time, um, very close to Madrid. So it was kind of where the royal family spent their time and had their palaces, um, and so there's all of these gardens each with different names that are all actually interconnected with each other (laughs) and I could not for the life of me figure out which was which but we went to about four or five gardens we did we did 
We also visited the palace complex, which was free, again, after 5pm on Wednesdays and Thursdays in summer if you're an EU resident or from Spanish-speaking America, Latin American countries. Keep breathing, Linda. Keep breathing. <laughs> we, we went to the tourist centre and we were chatting with the woman. She said, oh, it's, the, the palace is free after 5pm. We're like, okay. So we went back after 5pm and we found out that it wasn't just all day, every day, you know, every day at all. It was just on Wednesdays and Thursdays. We were there on a Thursday in summer. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, we we, we got the idea, we got the idea. So once again, Um, we didn't have our residency cards and we kind of had to uh, talk our way through it, but luckily we had a very nice person who believed that uh, that we were resident in Spain, so that was good. So there's a a train ride called the the Train of Strawberries, (laughs) or the Strawberry Train, which runs from Madrid to Aranjuez and back again. And uh, this is a, a... tourist train um from what i read we didn't do it but from what i read uh people kind of dress up in period costume and you get uh you get strawberries and cream (laughs) and things like that on the train uh that also includes entrance into the palace and into a couple of other uh historical buildings Mm -hmm. so and a guide and a guide yeah so uh that's not a guide for the whole day just a guide inside the palace Mm -hmm. complex so, yeah, when we first looked at it, I don't have the brochure in front of me, but we, we picked it up and had a look and went, oh, that price! And then we realized that included entry and the guide and everything else, and all of a sudden went, that's actually really good value. Yeah. So if you're in Madrid and looking to do a day trip out to Aranjuez, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd definitely look into that and see if, see if that fits. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you want to go and walk around these beautiful... Um, landscaped gardens and see what where the royal family was living uh it's it's a beautiful day but uh it is just that it's it's a day out a day trip mm-hmm. and we were also going to talk about segovia right yeah now segovia we knew almost nothing about segovia when we arrived we knew that there was an aqueduct and we knew that we were meant to well no that i didn't even know there was an aqueduct the thing that i knew was that they roast whole piglets and that's what you should eat. That, that's what Segovia was famous for for you. That's all I knew. Well, I didn't, I didn't know anything except for that. Mallory kept talking about this aqueduct, and I was like, all right, so there's an aqueduct. And we arrived. We were only going to spend an hour there on our way back to our Coruña. And we ended up spending three hours because we just couldn't drag ourselves away. It is amazing, amazing, incredible, wonderful, beautiful. The aqueduct is still in perfect condition after 2,000 years. It's... Well, I suppose it's a relatively short one, but it's still quite long. Relatively short? It went as far as the eye could see. We walked to the end of it. It was about two kilometres. Oh, yeah, I guess so. One and a half, something like that. But it was it was very impressive. And uh, the old town was just stunning. The, the Alcázar, the palace. Uh, the like fairy a, tale palace, eh? Yeah, fairy tale. It was just the fairy tale. It had, you know, the crenellations and the towers. And amazing. And then you've got the views out because you're up on a hill out over the, the plain and there's a little church out there. Really, really, really cool. Mm. Plus, we were there on a Saturday and um, I had, still have no idea what was going on, but there were people walking through the streets in costume and playing musical instruments. And it just The atmosphere was incredible. Yeah, it's like a, a festival day. So yeah. all, all of these groups of musicians and dancers uh, kind of wandering around and, and part of the, the competition and the fair. and 
I think that's one thing I really, really love about Spain is that wherever you are, whenever you're there, there's going to be some festival on at some time. You might not know what's going on, but you'll just run into it. <laughs> yeah. I, remember we were, I remember we walked the Camino de Santiago for the first time and we were there during Easter and we, there were just so many random events. And I know they're really carefully planned, but for us it just feels so, I don't know, so random. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so much... Uh... I guess community is the right word. So yeah. much community involvement uh-huh. in it. It's not. Uh, it's not super professional. I mean, it's it's well organized and it's it's well presented, but it's not like it's uh, like professional event organizers no, that are no. moving around from place to place. They're all people from the community that are getting involved and in, in rehearsing and getting into it. So. Yeah. It's very cool. Well, there are four beautiful cities that uh, we've never visited before, and they all exceeded our expectations in different ways. And they all merited more time than we could give them, unfortunately. Absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely reckon I could recommend pretty much anyone go to those four cities. How about you? Definitely, I think so. Well, we've just had an email from Sam who writes, just wanted to drop you a line and let you know that I love the podcast. Oh, we love to hear it. <laughs> Sam, Sam didn't write that. Linda's, Linda's just gone off on her own little, own little tangent now. I'm commentating. <laughs> anyway, to continue the letter without any more interruptions. It's been a boon to my otherwise boring work day to track you guys in your travels across the world. My girlfriend and I have decided to do a little bit of traveling ourselves and we'll be doing a working holiday in New Zealand come April, May of next year. We'll be frequenting your site for all the great info in the coming months. Smiley face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got a big smiley face. But Sam, good to hear from you and uh, best of luck in your preparation. You've got uh, almost a whole year to, uh, to go. So if there's anything that's not on the site, uh, feel free to ask us. And uh, if you are the listener, not Sam in particular, <laughs> but uh, if you'd like to meet other travellers or you've got questions about anything we talked about today or working and travelling in New Zealand or anything else to do with travel, uh, IndieTravelPodcast.com slash forums is a good place to go. Grab a free community account and uh, join in the conversation. Recently, Sia posted asking for advice on hotels in Agra, India. We don't have a lot of information on that. In fact, we don't have any information on that. So if you have any recommendations, just jump in and let them know. And remember that you can help the Indie Travel Podcast stay traveling by booking through us. So please visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash flights, slash hostels, slash tours, and slash insurance when you're booking your travel online. And we've also got a library of books to share at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash books. So uh, make sure you drop by there and check them out. And for some non-monetary ways of helping us out, please tell your friends about the Indie Travel Podcast. Come join the, I don't know, 3,000 and something people over at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Indie Travel, or leave a five-star review for us on iTunes. Well, that's us for this week. Until next week, travel well.